Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, our 2018 presenting sponsor. I didn't have to use ZipRecruiter to find Kevin O'Connor, who's on this podcast today, but I happen to be great at hiring people. Not everyone is great. That's why 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter is great. Did you ever put your resume on, on ZipRecruiter? I haven't. I haven't. Cause well, you don't need to here. now. We hired you. Their powerful technology distributes your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards and identifies the right people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Did you know I hired Tate in my driveway? Really? Yeah. In That's driveway. basically what happened, em- right, Tate? Em- employee number one, yeah, right? I need ZipRecruiter, but I'm special. I know. I have special hiring you beat skills. The system. Not everyone has <laughs> special hiring skills. Meanwhile, Belvedere Vodka, the world's finest all-natural vodka, produced in one of the world's longest-running distilleries, crafted... By a collective of master distillers, Belvedere is made with non-GMO Polish rye, pure water, no additives. Recognized for quality, Belvedere named the ISC World Vodka Producer of the Year in 2015, 16, 17. Wow. Enjoy a delicious cocktail with Belvedere Vodka today. Remember to always drink responsibly. Uh, Want to talk about the ringer.com for a second? We are blowing out the Oscars this week. We had Wesley Morris come into town and Cam Collins from The Ringer and shot a bunch of Oscars videos with uh, Sean Fantasy, Chris Ryan, Amanda Dobbins. They looked awesome. Unfortunately for all of them, Prince stole the show. You can see Prince right there, KFC. <laughs> he's in the background. It's like he's watching them and judging their points. It's hilarious. Uh, putting up a whole bunch of videos all week on our YouTube channel, on Twitter, all those places. Really good discussions that we also uh, ran as podcasts on Channel 33 where uh, those are all running as well. We double dipped. So check those out. Check out all the pieces we have this week. Check out on Monday on the BS podcast, we did we redid the 2013 Oscars. And then on Tuesday on the Rewatchables, we did Get Out, which is the earliest we've ever done in Rewatchables. That movie only came out a year ago. Um, we think it should win the Oscar for Best Picture. I'm not sure it will. Should. What do you have? What do you should. have? You seem like a shape of water guy. No, I'm a get out kind okay, of guy. Good. Get out was great. Everyone's going to feel dumb. Get on the right side of history now and, and tell people that get out should win the best picture because in 10 years, it's going to be like a Harden Westbrook thing. I was on the right side of history with James Harden last year. Yeah. And this, year, this year Harden will win it. Make up for it. Right. But I, I go to my grave knowing that I made the right move there and I made the right move here with get out. I made the wrong move with Dwayne Wade on the ringer NBA show. I said he was completely washed up. It was ridiculous that he um, takes these last-minute shots, and yet he made the game winner last night. It looked like it was 2007 last night. He was like 10 for 16 in 25 minutes. Unbelievable. I I don't think that happens again this year. I'm doubling down on my Dwayne Wade is washed up. (laughs) Miami can go to hell. Uh, Here's Pearl Jam. All right, it is Wednesday morning here in Southern California. Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer is here. Tate Frazier is here. Uh, I, I commend him for showing up after the devastating Miami-UNC game yesterday. Tate showed up, his eyes... You know when you can tell somebody's been crying for like 12 hours? 
and they just like their eyes are red and their their face is puffy. That's that's what I, I saw mean, from Tate, Tate today. Uh, Twitter post this morning. You know, yeah. talking about the alarm clock. Up late, up late. It's all Tate. good though. They're gonna win the national championship now, Tate. There you it's, go. Thanks, Kevin. They're our best chance to win the vacated 2018 <laughs> national championship. <laughs> Whoever wins is just gonna be vacated. They're gonna pretend it never happened. All right, we have a lot to discuss on NBA. We covered some stuff on the Ringer NBA show on Monday. Me and Haralabob Vulgaris, who uh, made a dramatic reappearance, as well as uh, Jason Kitsapzion was on that, Justin Verri as well. I said on Monday it was too early to to talk about the MVP. And my mindset is always like, I'm not even going to think about it till 60 games. And then I was doing some research today, and I realized it's been 60 games. Mm. And now we're at the point where I feel like either you have two candidates and it's a duel for the last 22 or somebody has a big enough cushion that they reach a point where all they can do is lose the MVP. And I think some examples are like LeBron in 2009, which was just a SmackDown MVP season. There hit a point during that where it's like, wow, the only way he loses the MVP is if he gets hurt, he goes in a massive slump. Harden might be there. Harden, I, I think he's at 31-9, and nine, five rebounds. Uh, the percentages are as good as they've ever been. The team is great. They're 47-13. and 13. There's really no other monster challenger for him right now. I think the Warriors, Durant and Curry, it's hard to say who's, uh, who's the best guy in that team. Right. Well, yeah. LeBron's been up and down all year. Giannis, the, the Bucks are about five wins short of where I'd want them to be to seriously start thinking about him. And really the only one who we discussed on Monday who could make a run here is Anthony Davis. Um, 22 games left. What scenario do you see where James Harden does not win the MVP? I think Anthony Davis, it's really up to Anthony Davis here to really enter that mid-late April stage where votes happen to have enough momentum where he's averaging, let's just say, over the last 25 games in mid-April, 38 points and 13 rebounds, and the Pelicans are like the four or five seed. Which is what he's been doing for about, what, 12 games? Last six games over their win streak, especially. But if he continues doing that, putting that team on his back, then I think the narrative is there post-bogey injury. Um, that he can have the ability to steal the votes. It's hard. I, I don't know if he can steal it from Harden for me, but I certainly think that there's a potential that he could steal it, though. So I, I laid out the case on Monday for what would need to happen. I, I think they'd have to get to 49 or 50 wins. New Orleans. Which, New Orleans, mm-hmm. and maybe like a five seed. And we'd have to look at this and go, Wow. Boogie went out, their season was over, and he just refused to let it die and actually made them better and kicked ass. And he was just the best player. We have to give it to him. That he's right now is at 28 and 11 with two blocks. I looked that up. I was just curious who's averaged 28 and 11 in a season? It's like 10 guys. All Hall of Famers? Uh, yeah, they're yeah. all, they're all yeah. it's like Shaq and people like that mm-hmm. um, with, two, with the two blocks. Um, that's including the time played with Boogie this season. Never right. mind. Never mind his time when it's just him on the court. Right. So, in the West right now, which the West has turned into uh, really a dramatically cool conference, mm. and somebody's going to get effed potentially in the uh, in the playoff picture. But New Orleans is quietly a six seed. They're thirty four and twenty six. So if they go, there's twenty two games left. They went fifteen and seven. That gets them to fifty wins. And if he bumps his stats to 30 and 12, and he's first or second in scoring, I think it'll be second. He's like sixth in rebounds, and he leads the league in blocks, and he puts the team on his back. I think that's a legit case. And we saw it last year 
We, uh, Harden had an edge on Westbrook, and then remember Westbrook got hot. He made a yeah. couple game winners. Ridiculous. He just the triple he, doubles he had went those crazy. That people remember when they're looking at their ballot, thinking about who they're going to vote for to win MVP. I went from those last three weeks thinking I, I'm offended that people think Westbrook is the MVP to at least being like, all right, he's at least trying to earn it. Mm-hmm. I can con- consider it, but I still feel like Harden was I think the MVP. This, this whole season, it feels like there, there's been almost people looking for other people to vote for aside from Harden. It's all, like when Harden missed time, it was like, well, could Durant make a run? Right. Could Curry make a run? Then, then the Cavaliers had their surge. LeBron's making a push. And yes, Harden's been the favorite really the entire season, but despite him having one of, I think, one of the more magnificent scoring seasons, right. playmaking seasons that we've seen, it's I find it a little odd there hasn't been more hype surrounding him as MVP candidate this season. I think people are bored by Harden because – it's just so deathly boring to watch the Rockets, yeah. as brilliant as they are. But f- I think they're fun. Yeah. What is I, I, it? I, I, We're I, up to I, a thousand times with Harden at the top of the yeah, key with four guys standing there. But, but and, it's just, it's, it's great. Oh, wait, he though. went by somebody and got a yeah. layup. Oh, I've never seen that but before. But they're unlike any other team, though. He's true. I think if every team was doing that, I'd, I'd you hate just it, like it because you were right before the season. I mean, maybe that's a little bit part of it, but you doubled down to your credit. You doubled down big time on the Houston over. That was like your best. You did the podcast with me and house. That was your best bet. You were like, I love Houston. I think they're going to be actually ridiculous. And I think they're going to be able to stagger those guys and be basically unstoppable. Question now is, is is if it translates to the playoffs, that's really it now. Yeah. Well, they're 47 and 13. You figure, they blow, let's say everyone stays healthy. They blow two more. And then the last three games, weird shit happens. You start resting, guys. I have them at like 65 and 17. And Harden, right now, his PER is over 30. Not that that totally matters, but that's usually a good indicator that you're having a monster season. Anything over 30. Yeah. Uh, 31, 9, and 5. Now, he created the 10 and 10 club this year. 10.63s a game and 10.1 free throw attempts, which is like Daryl Morey's uh, wet dream. (laughs) It's been his his dream to see that. But he's also shooting 45%. He's making almost 40% of his threes, 86% of his free throws. It's one of the most efficient seasons we've ever seen. It's one of the best seasons in the history. Do we call him a two guard or guard? What do we call him? What are positions today, really? I mean, he's just he's a playmaker. So I it's like, he, a little he, like Jerry West 45 he, years ago where Jerry West was like, is he a point guard? Is he a guard? Yeah. I don't know. He, Oscar a, he, was a point guard. He, yeah. Jerry West was like, I don't know what he is. Did you hear Daryl Morey say uh, Harden might be the greatest isol- isolation scorer ever? So that at Sloan. He, so I did hear about that. I just want to remind people that if Jordan played in this current era and you just put yeah. him at the top with 14 minutes around him, he would have gone by everybody every time, especially with the hand checks, no big guys in yeah. the paint. So I think Harden's been a beneficiary of this era, but at the same time, he's, I would say he's the best penetrator now mm-hmm. of this generation, right? 2009, Dwayne Wade was pretty unbelievable. Yeah, he was. And, and even then, the spacing was different in 2009, never mind in the 90s with Jordan. Uh, I think that's what's so tough about grading these guys. Is Harden the best within his circumstances? Perhaps. But put Jordan in this role, unbelievable things could happen. Well, and then you look at some of the pace stuff, which we couldn't really figure out how to compare eras, even as recently as 10 years ago, because I remember trying to do that with my book. The pace that the Pelicans have been playing at since Boogie went out 
What not it like one of the top three all the time or something? It's, pr- it's pretty They're fast. They're just cranking shots. Whereas Houston slowed down. Yeah. Well, Chris Paul's Chris Paul slows them down a tiny bit because of which. Pe- by the way, it's working. So Pel- we can't Pelicans complain. in February had a pace of one hundred and six point eight, which is three higher than any other team in the league. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Explain what that means to the people who don't totally understand that. It's basically like possessions. Um, in a 48-minute game or yeah. at a 100-minute game? Yes. 48-minute game. Yeah, 48-minute game. You're getting 106 possessions. Yes. So think about the 98 finals where I'm going to have to look this up, but I think the 98 finals game six, which I wrote about last week on the ringer.com a little bit, um, I think they, I think the Bulls had 69 shots in that game. Is that possible? How many? Bulls, 69. That's how slow it was yeah. in, in uh Well, p- pace is at the highest in the league since around 87, 88 season, I believe. Oh. That was a great season. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I'm looking up uh, <laughs> Bulls Jazz right now. All right. Bulls win 87, 86. They went 34 for 67 from the field and shot 19 free throws. Hmm. The Jazz were... 32 for 64 from the field and shot 25 free throws. Different game. I mean, that is like, it's, it's like a different sport. Plus you had Carl Malone out there, Antoine Carr, Chris Morris. Oh, man. Adam Keefe. Uh, Luke Longley. Wow. But, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> How many guys from 1998 would would not even sniff the court now? Like I can't believe Kenneth Reed doesn't play. That still like flummoxes me. Stuff like that, like Fareed not playing, or even like a, like a quote unquote bad player like Rodney Stuckey, who's right. not good. But the fact that he he's he's historically, you would think a guy like him would still have like the 13th or 14th spot on a roster. Yeah, the, the league's deeper than ever right now. The Clips, I think, are a good example of a team that's a little bit old school, even though. They do a lot of the modern stuff, but like Harrow is Harrow is somebody who doesn't really exist anymore and has been unleashed a little bit for them. Um, Tobias Harris is somebody that I guess he's a modern stretch for, but I don't think of him that way. And, and, he would have uh, been called a tweener ten years ago, right? You know? We wouldn't have. I've always liked him, by the way. I wanted yeah. the Celtics to sign him, uh, but the guys they have, it's this weird hodgepodge of dudes, and like they bring in Boban last night. The last night was was a great random yeah, that game. Was, that was Did a you joy. watch that one? Yeah, it was a joy. It was a joy. I don't, I don't know what to make of that Denver team. It's like a better fantasy team than a real team, you know? Yeah, like I, I like their players, but I don't like them together. Some of the decisions they made, I'm curious to see how that'll either prevent them from making more impactful moves down the line. It, it might keep them kind of in this middle range, you know, yeah. signing Gary has, Harris to the money that they did. Um, they're still having Fareed under contract, un, unable to lo- unload him or t- uh, Chandler. I, he, I, Fareed would be on my team if I was a GM. I would, I would, would have gotten you, him Would already. you play him though or would he just be I would absolutely play him. I think he could do what Harold does. Um, Denver should be a team that's in the playoffs. So right should now... Be. Uh, I don't want to start. I wanted to talk about the West in a little bit. Let's let's wrap up the uh, the MVP thing. Let's say Houston goes. I'm, I'm sorry. Golden State is 47 and 14. Let's say they run the slate. They've won three straight. Let's say they finish the the season on a 24 game winning streak. That's the only other monkey wrench I can see for MVP right now. So Curry or Durant would take it. One of them gets hot. Curry was hot last night. Curry led the league in scoring in January. Did you know that? 
He yeah. had like 30 a game. <laughs> yeah, he has these stretches where he's uh, he channels, ridiculous. He channels his MVP season for spurts. I've been quietly monitoring Curry's stats. I'm kind of a secret stat nerd, but old school stats. Yeah. Not like these the advanced metric stuff, which only like five people on the earth understand. <laughs> Curry. There's a lot more at Sloan than five. Oh, my. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to talk about that in a second. Curry right now for his career is 48-44-90 splits. And field goal percentage this year is 49.4. I've been rooting for him to have an outside chance at the 50-40-90 club for a career, which I think would be for a guard to do that would be like freaking staggering. But I think he shoots too many threes. Like the last three years, he shot 11 threes a game, 10 threes a game, and 10 threes a game. But he shot over 40% each, each season, though. I know, but it's even if you shoot forty two percent, that still is going to drag down your field goal. You know, you know? It'll, t- it'll tail down. Eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. eventually forty two. Those are half your shots. Time. Yeah, you almost have to shoot sixty yeah. percent with your he, two points. He's got a lot of cushion though. He said forty three point six percent for his career from three right now. So you think he's forty eight percent career, and he has nine seasons banked, which means the rest of his career would have to be at basically like fifty two percent to swing that. Okay, sorry. I'm, yeah, I, I don't. I, I miss. I, I misheard. I thought you were talking about three point percentage. Not, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, I, no. I get no, what we're talking saying. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because of the three point shot, the field goal percentage won't get over fifty. Yeah, it's not happening. It's not happening. I don't think we'll ever see a guard do fifty, forty, ninety. Now, let me check Durant because I think Durant is another guy who's potentially. I don't think he has the free throws, but um, God, he's having a great year quietly. So Durant's at. 49-38-88. That's kind of conceivable. This year he's 52-43-89. And with Golden State, he shoots 53% from the field. Yeah, his his last six years have all been over 50%. The season that kills him was his rookie season when when dumbass P.J. Carlissimo was playing him at the two guard (laughs) and he shot 43%. But if you just wipe that year out, He's 50% for his career. And I think he might be close to 40% from, from, uh, if, if, from you, three if, if you take out that season, he's 49.6% from the field, 38.9% from three, and then 88.3% free throw percentage. Close. Um, Real close. And then Giannis is, I guess, the other person we just have to even mention. Like even yesterday, that, that game was awesome yesterday. The uh, Bucks whiz. Yeah. He, his, his ability to take over games... Um, granted, he missed that shot at the end to, to put him ahead or tie the game. That's he's a year away, yeah. I think. And the shot's still not there yet, and that's the scary part with him. Is you know we talk about this with Ben Simmons not having a shot, but Giannis at least has a threat is a threat to shoot. But if that shot actually becomes competent, like thirty four percent from that, you don't need him to be great. He doesn't need to be a knockdown guy. But yeah. if that happens, I think we're going to see a guy who's going to win a lot of MVPs the next decade. Thirty three and twenty seven for them. It's not, not good enough as a team. His stats are basically, the totality of them is probably better than Davis. He's, he's basically 28, 10, and 5 every night with, uh, with three stocks, steals plus blocks. But <laughs> I just, I look at the talent on that team, and I know they missed Jabari. I still don't think to be 33 and 27 in the East is not acceptable. Not when enough. you have one of the best five players in the league, you should be better than that. So I can't take him seriously for MVP or yeah, no, I can't either. But I mean, uh, I don't know if he's there yet. He's only 23 years old. 
I think he could get there at some point as the shot continues to improve. That's a, He's another wild card dark horse candidate for he could go, I don't know, let's say they just get hot and they go 18 and 2. And he finishes with some, they, at some point, sure. like, whoa, look at that. Yeah, the story could be there. You and Bob picked him over LeBron for all NBA, right? Yeah. Hmm, I found that interesting. You disagree. Make yeah, the case for of. LeBron. I just think LeBron James. Has Is it because car- of his social media stuff? The uninterrupted? I mean, that, you really I mean, that, enjoy that's that? All, of course. That's Those always great Uber rides that's, that's, all, that's always the X factor. Uh, <laughs> but what LeBron has carried his team. I mean, you mentioned how the Bucks are only 33 and 27. I think LeBron has carried probably a worse overall team. They're like the most expensive roster of all time, and it's his fault. That I see. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, blame him an MVP for Kyrie Irving I mean, wanting to leave. Can, can you use that as a knock against an All NBA yes. team, though? Yeah, I can. Okay, I, I, I don't know why. Most valuable means what? What does oh, for, that mean for, to for you? MVP? Okay, all right. All oh, NBA? you're talking about All NBA? All NBA okay, yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. For M- so uh, that's the tough part with MVP is like how do you define MVP? Is it all that other stuff? No, they would that they want us to be confused every year by this. Because uh, if it's like offensive player of the year, like in the NFL, where you're just looking at numbers or impact on winning, it's that. But I- I've talked to last she- last season when I talked to NBA executives about MVP, they're like nobody talks about leadership or o- off court stuff. How a guy is on the bus in the in the flights, how he yeah. works with the players, but he's like that matters just as much as anything else uh, what a star player does impacting his team's mindset and you could probably use lebron that for or against lebron this season with how the season's gone for cleveland it's unclear how how much he should be blamed for kyrie wanting to leave and i'm sure we'll get the story 10 years from now it seemed like they were getting along at the all-star weekend but yeah a lot of mixed signals of that if if i'm him and i'm entering your 14 15 in my career and i have kyrie on my team i'm just trying to make him happy mm-hmm. I want him to be there. I need him. I need the second guy. I need some. I need to win the title with two of the best twelve guys in the league. That's my only chance, and I can't screw that up. That'd be my mindset. I don't know. Could be could be a subject for the next uh, mm. Uber ride with Carrie Champion. Uh, hey, KOC, life is too short for bad food, for mediocre delivery, for settling for what they're slinging down the street. You just moved here. You you're in charge of your own meals now. Yeah. Yeah, it's been good. Well, if you're hungry for something better, let Caviar deliver. They bring you quality eats like Sovia in San Francisco. I hope I said that right. Tokyo Underground in Washington, D.C. Momofuku in New York. John and Vinny's in Los Angeles. One of my favorite caviar orders, by the way. Delicious meals delivered from the best local restaurants. You'll find exactly what you're craving right to your door. It's food you want to feed your family, friends, coworkers, even your podcast producers like Tate. Have we gotten caviar yet? No. We'll get it for March Madness. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Get the caviar app or order online at trycaviar.com. Try caviar today. Pay no delivery fee in your first order. Plus, take $10 off your first order or of $30 or more with code BILL. That's my name. Valid until March 30th, 31st, 2018. Caviar delivers to the office too. Lunches, big meetings, events. Let them cater. Use the GPS tracking. Watch your order get delivered. It's quality food from your favorite restaurants. Remember, pay no delivery fee on your first caviar order, plus $10 off your first order of $30 or more with code Bill at trycaviar.com. Tate, who's your MVP right now? I hope Harden wins. I think he deserves the win. I think he's the traditional MVP because they're the one seed in the West, but it seems like everyone wants Anthony Davis to win. Mm, Nobody nobody wants Harden to win, win, it seems. You don't think so? Twist that thing and then that thing, no, the underneath, (laughs) this part. 
Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Sweet. <laughs> KFC was having some microphone issues. Let's uh let's talk Sloan. You were just there. Cool. You spent uh, a few days there. Tragically, we taped a Ringer NBA show yesterday that mm. had uh, had some technical difficulties, and we had to scrap it. Our apologies. You didn't get to hear Chris Vernon uh, complain about Marcus all this week. Um, <laughs> Sloan Conference, Boston, what, 2,500 people? Yeah, quite a few. 2,482 men? It, yeah. Over How many women did you see in, in three days? Uh, 11? Not a lot. Could probably count them on, on my hands. Just made, under under. I don't know, under thirty. Under not, thirty, not, not wow. a lot. Um, that should have been one of the panels. How do we get more women at the Sloan Conference? So, what was that? What was the big takeaway? You wrote about it a little bit on. Uh, you wrote about some of the scuttlebutt stuff on Monday on the Ringer dot com. But every year at Sloan, there seems to be some sort of statistical something that's going. What was the big takeaway for you this year? More dissent this year. Dissent. Um, yeah, I like dissent. I, yeah, I think you know having Jalen Rose on stage. Uh, having Nick Wright from Fox Sports, some guys who you know old who, who, who use numbers and support numbers, but they all offered a contrarian opinion, and, and I like that during the panels. I, I mean, the greatest value in Sloan is in the networking and the meeting people um, and seeing people you may not have seen it in quite a while, mm. um, or the research papers. But the panels is what everybody goes to, and what everybody I think a lot of people are there for. And it was nice to have I think a diversity of opinion at Sloan this year. Jalen does that. Use stats. I don't know what he said in the panel, but I mean, Sloan said, "I think I think it's a tool, but not the toolbox," which kind of echoes something. Uh, Jalen is definitely the guy we're not supposed to talk to. Said the day before, (laughs) which guy? Uh, yeah, I used to be president of the United States. Not, not supposed to talk oh, about what guy. he said. Yeah, that was so yeah, weird. Yeah. Why'd they do it that well, way? I mean, they told us 24 hours you're not supposed to, and it's all off the record, which I guess is standard I've heard. So we've been talking a lot, and you wrote about that in the piece a little bit on Monday about um, when advanced metrics go wrong. And I think we have the same issue with it, which is when the sample size isn't good enough yet. Haral Bob talked about this on Monday on uh, Ringer NBA. When the sample size just isn't there yet and people are running it with it anyway. To me, that's when advanced metrics Like early in the season with Orlando, shooting 50% from three. Or even when we're, you know, five weeks into the season and people are like, here's this five man lineup has been lights out. And it's like, yeah, because they played 20 games. Like lineup data is the one thing I I didn't put put much in there in this article about. Uh, But I've talked to a handful of NBA people that some like lineup data for noticing trends, Mm. but others said to me, there's just so much noise that you really can't, you can't really put too much value in it because there's so many variables that can't be accounted for with the on off data. And that's what is utilized a lot. The thing is, is like publicly, what else is there to turn to? There's not a lot. How about watch the games? Well, that. Yes, yeah, of course. Let's do that. <laughs> I mean, you got to watch. Let's the, watch basketball. I, and that that's kind of what I liked about one of the discussions between Mike Zarin and Daryl Morey. You mm. know, Zarin's like, I would think, you know, we're all pretty good at watching basketball. Right. And and he said, that's why sometimes if you have a stat that disagrees what you're seeing with your eyeballs something's wrong, whether it's the, what you know, look into the black box. Well, the, Kawhi, what's happening. the Kawhi stats, the greatest example of for that. Sure. The we, Kawhi's defensive rating is yeah. actually the better where the, it's yeah. like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And, and, and that's where, you know, if you see something like that, I think it calls into question the, the value in an on off stat, right? Cause you see like, Oh, so-and-so team is eight points per 100 possessions better defensively when a guy is on off the floor, which the Spurs were last season when Kawhi was off. Does it really make sense? 
I mean, is is it worth grading a defense like that? I don't think so, that because it doesn't factor in who else is on the floor for your team yeah. around that player or when he's on or off. It doesn't factor in who's on the court on the other side. and also doesn't factor in luck, just if a shot is made or missed. And that's yeah. where, for me, defensive stats, I think maybe privately teams might do this, but I wish publicly we had a way of looking at the process of of stats like your positioning on defense whether your your read or your rotation was good or not it's almost like you call it the horford yeah the horford horford is like <laughs> the, the horford, best example of, of this and i don't care what the stats say but when i watch <laughs> basketball yeah and he, i watch a lot of Celtic games but he always knows where to go and what to do on defense i mean Pete, you could always make fun of horford's 13 6 and 5 stat yeah, line great. but but keep he, making he, fun of it He's a master of positioning on defense. Even He's one in the of those fucking All Star game, he knew where to go and what to do. <laughs> and Giannis is running around like like he didn't know where to go. And you know, Embiid is doing his thing and protecting the rim. But Horford was actually like directing people. And I don't know, some guys well, just know how to play I mean, basketball. Th- what that's Tate Frazier just knows what to do and where to go. Do my best. I mean, that's the most important part of defense, right? Is positioning and timing and communication. So, is it really the most valuable thing if you're looking at points? allowed by a defender when in actuality the great offensive players can just make tough shots when you can be in a perfect positioning i think the positioning needs to be graded more so than actually the whether that shot goes through the hoop well or not. curry's a good example of i don't know what his defensive stats are but they're probably pretty good because he's on a good defensive team For and sure. i think he's a very good um knows where to go and knows what to do and knows what to be guy but he also has the insane luxury of he doesn't have to go against the other team's best point guard every night because Clay Thompson is usually the guy that's guarding down the stretch, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Kyrie Irving, whoever. And Steph's not guarding those guys. And if he was guarding those guys, the defensive rating of the team would be worse and his rating would be worse. And we'd be like, oh, look at the Steph Curry. For what it's worth, he ranks in the 81st percentile on synergy for defensive stats, which yeah, would mean he, he's, he's playing free safety. Yes. Yeah. This is the Larry Bird, my favorite basketball player of all time, Larry Bird. He had McHale and he had Parrish and he had DJ and all these guys. And he just would play free state. Plus, there were nobody shooting threes back then, so you didn't have to cover enough ground. But he would just be in the paint, jumping passes and sneaking around, backdoor and stuff like that. And made it seem like, I mean, he was a good defensive player in some ways, but you also, like, he couldn't cover. Curry's a good defender. Right. You couldn't cover Dominique Wilkins. Yeah. Yeah. And you wouldn't want him even covering Scottie Pippen. So, yeah, I think Curry, he's fine, but he has to have Clay Thompson with him. I mean, I think that that goes for a lot of players where situation and fit and opportunity, whether it's offense or defense, is everything. And, you know, earlier I, I mentioned you mentioned and I mentioned how, you know, certain players are allowed to do certain things or certain players might have certain responsibilities that others don't. Yeah. That's what makes grading defense so hard anyway. Even if we were doing it the way I proposed with looking at the process aspect of it rather than the results, even then it's still tough because you can watch, you know, whether it's a football game, you can say the free safety made a mistake, but in actuality it could have been that the defensive the, that the defensive game plan called for him to do what he did. Same thing with the NBA, whether it's certain rotations or not, and that's what makes it so hard. Where you don't know what's going inside inside their head. Yeah, I think with offense the data is pretty good, but defense I'm not sure how good you can actually make it. And I don't know why we care so much. I, I think that at some point <laughs> it's like just watch basketball, man. Like Marcus Smart. I don't know if the stats accurately represent what he does. I have no idea. 
but I know that when he wasn't in the lineup for three weeks, the Celtics suffered. And when he came back, he plays with a certain energy. And granted, their schedule is a little easier, but the energy he brings and his ability to sure. the switching and just the intensity he had really changed the team. Tony Allen, another guy like that. Back in the day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Certain guys like that. I think Harold's been like that in the Clippers. I don't know what his stats are, but um, the energy that he's playing with, when you have guys who are just trying to kick ass like that, it, I don't know. I, I'm not sure there's stats for that. I, I love a lot of the stats. I like looking at them. But when it gets to like the defensive stuff, I just think, I don't know. It just, I just get, I just don't think there's ever going to be a way to properly quantify that. For what it's worth, uh, I had an analytics guy tell me that he he hates stocks. He hates stocks. Oh, steals plus blocks. Yes, hates it. He hates it. Because the, the what does he why, hate about the re, it? The reason why he brought it up is because I told him, hey, you know, I had another executive say to me that one of the stats that he really likes is steals plus blocks divided by fouls. Mm. And the reason why that executive liked that is because it was kind of an indicator of keeping the ball moving, having a higher pace, right? So you're stealing and blocking passes or shots, and you're not turning the ball over on the other end, so you're not um, – or rather, you're not following where the game stops. You're keeping yeah. the game moving. And he's like, yeah, but steals and blocks aren't the per- a good indicator of defensive play. Like, that was simply all he said. It's just uh, To me, it's indicator. like it's an indicator of activity. Which like I energy, think, like you mentioned. Energy, you know, activity. That, I feel the same thing about free throw attempts. You know? Can like it a, also be an indicator of frenetic energy in like a negative way where you might be following too much as well? Maybe. But like... You know, Hakeem and David Robinson, guys like that, when they're putting up like sevens for blocks plus steals, like I think that to me that tells me something. That might be where the divided by fouls comes in, right? Yeah. Because if you have a guy, well, the example that was brought up to me was Jordan Bell from Oregon, and and the person said, look at look at Jordan Bell, his stats from his freshman to sophomore to junior season, and how he got better each year, more steals, more blocks. And the fouls dropped off because he learned how to play with better discipline each mm. season, um, learned how to not jump you know, at pump fakes, learned how to rotate better. So he wasn't fouling as much, and yet his steals and his blocks were continuing to rise. I think perhaps it's not a uh, be-all, end-all type of stat at all, but I did find it interesting looking at certain guys like that because you did mention you, know, the, 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 you do need discipline. And maybe it makes sense to have ratios with these stats rather than just like adding them together. Well, you can tell that unnamed executive to fuck off. And um, <laughs> he might be listening. Yeah. Uh, another one I really like is free throw attempts. Okay. That tells me not just activity, but um, it doesn't lie. You know, like I, I was tweeting the other day about Carmelo. For his entire Denver career, he's like eight or nine free throw attempts a game, which backed up what I was watching with my eyes. He was a guy who he could shoot threes. He could post up on the uh, on the foul line with those little Dirk 18-footers, mm-hmm. or he just put his head down and get to the basket and get fouled. Now he's a jump shooter. And he's not even really a good jump shooter. I, I think... Numbers are really down this year. He's 42%. He's like, I don't know, 31% from three. And he's also not getting in the line. He's also not rebounding. He doesn't set anybody else up. He's not active at all defensively. And there hits a point where you're like, wow, you're not even you're not even remote, remotely as good as Tobias Harris. As impressive as OKC's been in certain times this season when they've had those uh, flashes of what they could be, right. Carmelo still hasn't been the Team USA Melo that I expected him to possibly be, that a lot of people thought he would be in the situation. And 
that, that that's probably one of the biggest disappointments for me of the of, for me of the entire season. I'm shocked. I I really thought he was going to have a nice mid thirties sure. career, and I've always been a big Carmelo three. defender. Yeah. But I, even I'm like, wow, this guy might be washed because uh, maybe all the Knicks fans were right. <laughs> maybe yeah. it's too fast for him, though. I still don't understand the class of 2003 guys with the technology we have and uh, and all the training stuff that we have and all the dieting and all the sleep stuff and just everything. LeBron has been able to just continually reinvent himself year after year. And Wade is like a, a, almost in this farewell tour point of his career. And Carmelo is really like a liability, I Look, think. He looks cooked. He does. He looks cooked. And you think about OKC, who is suddenly seven seed, but really tied for the eight seed in losses. And uh, Westbrook and George have been good. Adams has been, I think, really good. Box out And that's machine. it. Carmelo, Carmelo is an average player. If for the amount of shots that he takes, for what he does, I would say he's league average. Do they make one too many moves? I mean, it's easy to say in hindsight, but... All right, so who was in the Carmelo trade? It was Cantor Can- McDermott, right? McDermott, basically just that. Would you rather have those two or Anthony? I, th- I think I'd still rather Melo, just for the 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 chance that he figures things out by April, because we're still only in February. It's February 28th right now. There's still time for him to develop a rhythm, get hot from three, and Cantor isn't a three-point shooter. So just the spacing aspect, I think, helps. But could Cantor have been used in a different trade? For sure. With McDermott. Yeah. <laughs> I still like yeah. McDermott. Tate, how much Carmelo have you watched? A good amount, fair amount. What do you think on the, on the washed up scale, one to ten? I think he's saving it for the playoffs. Interesting. I Could think be. I, KFC, I think you might be right. The upside of of Carmelo just figuring it out. Sure. Can they get? Can they send HGH to OKC? <laughs> this is why HGH should be legal. I would love to have Carmelo back. Let him take yeah. some HGH. <laughs> Give him some PEDs. Let's get him back. Hey, uh, proper cloth. Dot com. Every guy knows that it's hard to find a dress shirt that fits. Is that hard for you, KOC? Sometimes, yeah. Collar too tight, sleeves too long, shirts too loose. I have some good news. Ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier thanks to Proper Cloth. Create a custom shirt size in seconds by answering 10 easy questions. No measuring required. Choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, 500 fabric styles from classic to business. Completely customize your shirt. Get the style you want. All high quality. With the absolute best quality and craftsmanship starting at just 80 bucks. Proper cloth guarantees a perfect fit, a much better fit than Carmelo and OKC. Meaning that if somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Look your best. Go to propercloth.com slash BS. Enter gift code BS to save $20 on your first shirt. Again, propercloth.com slash BS. Gift code BS. You're hosting on Fridays in the Ringer NBA show. You're hosting draft class. Me and Sharks, our, sometimes uh, Danny Chops. Our draft show. You go, you deep dive. You go all in on the draft. I've been impressed by your hosting chops. Trying to get better. Yeah, you're moving. You're moving Thanks. it. I mean, you're no me reading the propercloth.com <laughs> type uh, type I, situation uh, yet. Our, but producer, it's, you, our producer Isaac Lee has been very helpful with the ad reads. Yeah, you, sometimes I go doing radio, radio host mode. No, it's, it's good. good. You're doing it's a good fun, job. It's fun to do that radio voice. Uh, some topics I want to hit really quick. You think... There is still a case that Brandon Ingram might be a better draft pick than Ben yeah, Simmons. Definitely. Make the case. I think you look at the fact that one of those players shoots with the wrong hand and can't space the floor outside of eight feet effectively. I think that's that's one of the issues I have with people saying LeBron goes to Philly because 
the, the fit issues with Ben Simmons are something where the better that team gets, the more guys are going to have to touch the ball, whether it's Joel Embiid or some other guy they get, the next star that they get. The ball is going to get taken out of Ben Simmons' hands, and when it's not in his hands offensively, I'm not sure what he gives you on that end of the floor. Gives you gonna, probably a sad face. That for sure. And could you, you post you, him you up get more? The, you could post him up more, sure. But then you, that means you're putting Joel Embiid just spacing the floor from three. And he's he, happy with that. He, he likes being 25 yeah, but he's feet a, away. He's a 33% three-point shooter, whereas with Ingram, he's he's a multidimensional offensive threat, potentially. Not there yet. The shot still needs to get better, but he's shown flashes of what he can be with his ability to get in the lane, finish with both hands, not just one, like Ben Simmons, who only uses his right hand. His uh, ability to pull up from mid-range, ability to shoot from three. Don't give Ben Simmons a complex. Took a picture with my Ben Simmons. That's, I'm that's a pro cool. Ben Simmons oh, no, I thought that was with Joel Embiid. Oh, okay. we had that also, one too. Yes, yes. That was, that was yeah, a good selfie. I, yeah. If you follow my Instagram, my son, I found out 10 days after he took the selfie that he had a selfie of him and Joel Embiid. I would have liked that information sooner, but that's okay. It, it, for what's worth, with, with Simmons, he is a dynamic player. I think his playmaking is extraordinary. And when he wants to turn it on defensively, which he will in the playoffs, I don't care about inconsistent regular season defense at this time for him. When he turns on, he can be a great versatile defender. And that's where he's always going to have an edge over Ingram. He's always going to have an edge in playmaking. But Ingram is just a guy who's also a good passer, as we see as we've seen when Lonzo Ball's been out. Yeah. His ability to play make at six foot nine, six foot ten is really good for, for his um for his role. He's 16-5-5 and since Christmas. 49-43-71 splits. The Laker fans are losing their minds. For sure, he's been They've dumped Kuzma. Kuzma's got kicked (laughs) to the curb. He's been slumping too, but uh, I look at Ingram and I'm like, I don't know what this guy is. I know there's something. There's there's way more potential than there was two months ago. He's clearly something. I like how hard he plays. I like that at Duke too. He's a year and a half younger too. Yeah. He's a lot younger than Ben Simmons. He gives a shit. He shows up. And I'll be interested to see if he grows. We've seen the, some of these guys, they'll add like the extra do, do inch, we want inch him to grow and a half. Much more? He's, I don't know. He's pretty lanky, pretty long as is. Could he get to seven feet though? I don't know. I mean, I think I think with Ingram, I don't know if it matters. I'm going to make the case for Simmons. Okay. An elite passer. I don't think he's like, I, to me, he's like a LeBron level passer. Really, really good passer. Um, I think rebounding, especially in traffic, I've been really impressed by. He'll go like a minute left. He'll go and he'll get a rebound in the, in a group of like five guys. And then the, uh, the downhill drives are really good. Yeah. They play five feet off him and he still goes by people with real speed and like, and purpose and can also shoot or pass coming off those drives. I don't know if he's ever going to learn how to shoot. I'm not positive. It matters. You make a good case though. Like if LeBron's on that team, LeBron's going to want to have the ball. I wonder if would they trade? They wouldn't trade Simmons. I don't think so. Get LeBron, trade Simmons. Uh, so, Get LeBron and Paul George, and then flip Simmons. I mean, I don't think you would do that. Oh God, I, I Philly's going to come and I light our Simmons, offices on fire. <laughs> Simmons, Simmons, and Embiid are the draw for LeBron. I think, but with ben, with Ben Simmons, you know, I would take Simmons right now. To be clear, yeah, that the tweet I sent out yesterday was what a can full of NBA. You're talking about five years from now. Yeah, five, ten years from now, and I think I, if I'm taking a guy for five to ten years from now, I'd. I'd give Simmons a very slight edge right now over Ingram. I had Ingram over Simmons prior to the draft. Right now, I'd put Simmons slightly ahead. So if you're, dra- you're GM, it's a redraft. Who are you taking? Right now, Simmons, barely. And I would kind of construct my team uh, to try to build around him. And I'd give Chip England $20 million to have him fix Simmons' jumper. But, but the, the point the executive ma- kind of made is factoring in playoff 
perform, pro- projected playoff performance. Obviously, we've seen neither play in the, player in the playoffs yet. And he mentioned LeBron. And he mentioned early in LeBron's career yeah. when he was a competent shooter but not a super effective shooter. Even he had moments where he was limited when defenses really had time to game plan. And was the book on LeBron for eight years. Force him to shoot. Lay off him. And so what happens to Ben Simmons, who is an inferior driver, finisher, than LeBron James? I think we're going to see that in the playoffs this year where we where then it's clear that yeah. Simmons at least needs to be a threat to shoot the ball, at least at Giannis's level. He doesn't need to be a great shooter, but he needs to be at least a threat to make a shot outside of 15, 16 feet. Is there any under 28 pairing you'd rather have than Simmons and Embiid? Um, the answer could be Giannis and everyone. Yeah. Anyone. Yeah. No, it's like Giannis one of those, and anybody or like Davis a, a, and anybody. AD plus blank. You know, AD plus blank. You know, uh, AD's been the big winner the last two months. For sure. Everyone's like, oh, wow, he's really great. I, I remember think, I, two months ago, I was on the Ringer NBA show. I think you were even on it. I was like, no, I'm not trading for AD. You can't stay in the court. I mean, that, that's that was the question with a couple of those guys. It was the question with Porzingis, and now he is hurt. You know me, KOC, I'm a durability guy. I mean, you got to be available. Tate Frazier hosts two podcasts, produces mine. He's a durability yeah. guy. He's not He's not playing 58-game seasons. He's going 82. Availability is the best ability. I got you, Tate. We're going to the playoffs. Got you, Tate. Um, Kawhi Leonard? Do you need right. scuttlebutt on that one? Um, so I think I- this is... I, Thank I, God for Markel Fultz because this would be a bigger story because yeah, we can yeah. only handle so many weird NBA stories. I don't know. I think I think me and Chris Vernon talked about this in January at, at the time, like the the rift was initially reported. Where what I had heard was that it was basically just a disagreement on the injury, like how to handle it, how to come back from it, the timing on all that, and that's kind of what's been reported since. Um, Do you think he ever plays another game for the Spurs? Yeah, I think he returns okay. this season. Do you buy that? Do you buy like Jalen Rose saying that Kawhi won't be a spur in a year though? I do. I you I do. always trust Jalen when he has inside info. Is it, do you think like it's that. a Jordan Brand thing? They don't have a single big star star player in a big uh, market. Not a single one. He also went to college in Southern California. Mm. He also uh, has clearly had a rift. Definitely. I, I, I What's think- the most you would trade for him if you were the Lakers? Well, I think you got to see him play and be healthy this season. He he wasn't the same Kawhi early in the nine or so games that he played. Would I, you trade Brandon Ingram for him? Yeah, if he shows. Of course healthy. you would. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no question. What Chip else? Chip England. He makes yeah. Brandon a lot better. No kidding. Duke guy. If, I, if I'm the Spurs, I'd be pretty excited to have Brandon Ingram plus whatever. Would you trade? It's I got to figure out what his trade value is now because I don't think Philly would well, trade Ben to, Simmons for we, him. Well, let, let's assume would Philly that, trade Ben Simmons for Kawhi Leonard. You should. Let's let's pretend in this scenario Kawhi comes back and he looks like the same old dominant Kawhi. We haven't healthy. seen it in eleven months. Well, let's say we do. Let's say he comes back and or he looks 10 months? terrific. Spurs make a little bit of a playoff run. Kawhi looks great. Yeah. Then I think his value is the same as what what you would have thought. It I was. thought he looked really bad when he came he back. He didn't look right. He he looked off and slow and not right. It, it, it's it's almost like you can't value him right now. You can't put a price tag on him because you don't know. I will say this: I'm older than you. I've watched a lot of good basketball players. One thing that is completely underrated with basketball players is how they handle when their body isn't 100. percent and some guys just can't handle it, and they don't trust it, and it gets in their head. And I think Derrick Rose is a really good example. There's no way Derrick Rose's knee, maybe it wasn't 100% and two years after that surgery, but I bet it was like 90%. He never trusted his body again. Whereas like you watch 
somebody like Westbrook who <laughs> completely trusts his body and is just a running yeah. back. Mm-hmm. That's how Rose used to play. Rose got hurt once and it just went away. And uh, I just, I don't know. I worry about that with Kawhi. I think some of these guys, they have something and they start thinking about it and it just kind of well, snowballs. I mean, I was talking to somebody at Sloan about this because we were talking about Fultz and, and whatever's going on with him between his ears. And I was like, well, could it be that with Kawhi? And the response was like, nah, probably not. You know, this is an actual quad issue. And, it, and it's like, yeah, it is. I mean, Tom Haverstow wrote a great story on ESPN around two years ago, how the Spurs took Kawhi to P3 and solved this weird quad issue. Yeah. But since that story, you know, went live, it the quad issue was something that bothered him, I think, later that season in 2016. And then last uh, entering this season, of course, he's missed all these games. So the problem's back. And sure, the problem is real, but that doesn't necessarily mean there is never a mental element involved with it. I'm not saying there is with Kawhi, but it's certainly something I think that's worth thinking about when any player has a lingering problem or a major injury that affects them. Maybe they should send him back to his planet to have the aliens work on him (laughs) and then they could beam him back down. Maybe, maybe they haven't tried that yet. Where do you stand on the wizards? Um, kind of where I did before where I think John Wall needs a change needs to evolve and we've seen how this team plays without him <clears throat> moving the ball a hell of a lot better on the court Bradley Beal is they're fun watch play. they're fun now suddenly they went from kind of I love no, Bradley Beal they went from frustrating to watch like why yeah. is this team not better with yeah. all this talent and now they're really friggin' good and they're looking out for each other do they play this way when John Wall comes back though I don't know but yesterday I tweeted a Patrick Ewing picture at house mm. The Ewing there is the Ewing there committee is circling the Wizards and John Wall's got a lot of money on that contract. If I were a lot of money, if I were the Wiz, I would be flipping him for Drew Holiday as soon as June rolls around. Drew Holiday, get the hell out of that. Guys, just like because I think Wall would want to go to New Orleans with Davis. New Orleans is dumb enough to take a huge risk to try to keep Davis, and then you at least get out of that Wall contract. You know, the Blake Griffin trade is already kind of a semi disaster for Detroit. Can we call it a semi-disaster? It's looking pretty pretty disappointing. Would you rather have Blake Griffin or Tobias Harris? <laughs> um, are we factor in contracts? Yeah. I'd rather have Tobias Harris. Would you rather have Blake Griffin or Tobias Harris <laughs> not factor in the contracts? <laughs> uh, I'd rather have Blake just for the upside if they had the same money. Tate? I'll take Blake. Yeah. What about Blake for $35 million and Tobias Harris for sixteen? I'm still going to take Blake. Really? I, I still believe in Blake. Tate, Tate's, Tate's back's talent. Tate's like this new J-Law movie that doesn't look very good. Tate still <laughs> Tate still has his J-Law stock. John, John Wall is going to make $47 million oh! in the 22-23 season. Oh, my God. Oof. That is scary. Trade him to L.A. So Wall, Wall trade Wall to L.A., Kawhi, yeah. Wall, LeBron. <laughs> yeah, just there you every, go. Every, Carmelo on a league minimum contract. There you, there you go. Everybody goes we to fix LA. the Lakers. <laughs> I like uh I like Bradley Beal and I just want things to work out for him. He's one of my favorite non Celtics. Who are your favorite non Celtics? James Harden. Uh, I know that's like an easy name. But I love watching James Harden. I don't see why people think he's boring. I don't know. I don't get James it. James Harden is amazing. Why, Do you think why, what he does is a travel? Wait, what? <laughs> I want to have this five-year-old conversation. I tweeted about his what? game-winning move the other day. Yeah. The, oh, this thing okay, now yeah. where there's this whole, and this was a whole controversy five years ago, and now people have just given up on it. But this whole gather the ball thing, he has taken more liberties with this than any than any player I've ever seen. 
kudos to him. The refs can't figure it out, but like he had a play the other day where he gathered the ball, took a step, and then took like this two-step hop step five feet away from his defender. It's like, if you're allowed to do that, then nobody's going to be able to stop anybody ever. Um, um, that's the play Steve Kerr accidentally tweeted about, right? I think, no, this was a similar version of that play okay. from a week ago, yeah. I'm I just, you know, LeBron gets away with stuff with the three-step, basically gather the ball and then the two giant steps. The Euro step's always confusing. I don't think the league cares. You're talking about this one, right? Oh, yeah, you're showing me one. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a different one, okay. but same same thing. So, yeah, with the, with the, the gather steps. the ball, step, and then the two steps back. I mean, it seems like it, a travel. It's like when I don't think it is by the rule. What do you think Bob the, Cousy and Tommy Heinsohn would think? Oh, 100% of travel. Tommy's probably yelling about it right now. But I don't think it, it, it's it looks different because he's doing it behind the arc. But it's like when you're driving the lane and you take the one, well, two. All I know is you love James Harden, which means you love traveling. Who else do you like? Other favorite? Favorite I'm trying, dudes. I'm trying, I'm trying to think like of like Bradley Beal is probably my favorite. Rash- Rashawn Holmes. Rash- <laughs> Rashawn Holmes. <laughs> I, he he needs more. He needs to be on a team. Was, da- Dario Saric. I love Dario. I, I, I love to see him on What's a team. What's Dario's with, ideal with a, situation? A, 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 uh, not on a team with a guy who handles the ball all the time, like a, a multi-ball handler offense. Kind of uh, like what the Clippers are doing with Gallinari right now, but for Saric. Sure. Yeah, there. that type yeah. of team. Clippers with a the ball. There's, I agree there, with there, there's no point guard it's just multiple guys who play this would be a good team for you a uh, piece for you for like <laughs> guys who need their own team i mean i don't know if sarge needs his own team well it would be a bad team i'm just saying it would be fun if he <laughs> got to his, here's the thing he if, was like phoenix's if, number two if, guy if you look up like just search dario sarge on youtube and you're gonna get videos of him when he played overseas playmaking the hell out of it like that guy can that guy was a point forward overseas. he'd be a good phoenix son I like I like guys on Phoenix too. Which I, guys do you like? You like Bender for some reason. I mean, it really I, bothers me. I, I, it's not that I like Bender; it's that I'm not giving up on him. He's 20 years old, and we knew he was going to be a, a, a project. Well, um, you, you can keep in touch with him when he's playing in Spain. Um, <laughs> Marquis Chris, can we give up on? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if give up, but pretty close. Can we give up on Ryan McDonough, the Suns GM? No. He there's. I don't. Why do people no, look at the Suns? Why, why do people look at together. the Suns and think they have nothing good going for them? I don't, well, I don't been, get it. I would hope they have something good for them. They've been picking Devin in the Booker, top five. Devin for, Booker's one of the best young players in the league. Yeah. They just got Alfred Payton for nothing. And that, he's a I like solid point guard. TJ Warren is starting, but he can become a really good scorer off the bench. It's a good playoff he checked Josh guy. Jackson, I'm not the biggest fan of, but a lot of people love his game, and he's been really good the past month or so. You have Ben. Really who, good. Qualify really good because that team gets killed every game. <laughs> Versatile, def- yeah, versatile defender. We knew he was a who, really who good can, defender who can play, make play, plays off the out of the pass. Ver- ability to score from multiple areas of the floor. The Suns got had a special moment this week. I was watching them play somebody, and my daughter came in and saw Alfred Payton's hair and Josh Jackson's hair, and said, <laughs> "What's going on with this team?" And I didn't have an answer. And, and by the way, the Suns have a ton of future picks, ton of future picks. So they have the ability with cap space. Well, they had the Miami pick. Yes, When's that? Miami, Is that uh, this year? I think 20, 2019, I think, right? 2019, I believe. And they obviously they have all their own first picks as well. Yeah, so I would they hope have, so. They have Miami's pick this year, actually. So they have Miami's first this year, their own first. 
They have Miami's first this year. This year, yes. Oh, wow. So they have two first-round picks and a, and a pretty good draft up top. So they'll have the ability to move around. So flip that second to. pick for Sarge. Hey, there we go. Bender, Chris, and the 13th pick for Sarge. Now the Philly fans are going to definitely set her off so far. Phoenix has a potential star in Devin Booker. They have a lot of draft picks. They're going to draft another player this year. Josh Jackson, if he's your fourth best player, you're doing really well. And then you have cap space when you're entering a market where there's not going to be a lot of teams that have a ton of cap. And you're in a pretty good city in Phoenix, good state, close to L.A., close to Vegas, on the West Coast. They had a meeting with Blake Griffin last year. Granted, he canceled. They had a meeting with Lamarcus Aldridge. <laughs> lucky for them. <laughs> yeah, lucky. What a bullet dodge. I think they might have wanted him at the deadline too, mm. um, but uh, I don't know what the price. That's a that's know. another GM saver job. Yeah. Do it's, you think? Do you think we have the best chance to hire Stan Van Gundy in two months? <laughs> Theringer.com. Who who are we competing what, against? What, what are we hiring Stan for? Well, when he gets fired by Detroit. <laughs> oh God. He's gonna get fired. He'll get, he got a lot of money. It's fine. Don't don't worry about Stan Van Gundy. Uh, quickly, you wrote about the Celtics. Mm-hmm. First time in a while. The reality is, they they're paying thirty million dollars to someone who hasn't who's played five minutes. Yep. Um, somehow they have the second best record in the East, which I don't understand. Tatum has been average to below average for two months now. Um, Smart got hurt. Greg Monroe's been a bust. Terrible. God, Awful. I might have to turn in my basketball chops card. I just did not see that one coming. I thought I thought Stevens would be. He's like your classic kind of flawed guy that Stevens usually figures out how to maximize, and it's been the opposite. They don't know what the hell. To how do with how much of it that he needs to play himself back into basketball shape? You think he's just, out of shape? I mean, it could be that. It could be like the David Lee situation a couple of years ago when Boston got him, and he just was never in shape. But then he went to the Spurs. And he was in shape, and he performed well within his role. You think he's listening right now? Greg Monroe. Greg, have a salad. Have some <laughs> of those juice drinks. They have some good juice bars in Boston. He's so slow. I'm, I'm, I'm like bummed out. I really thought he was going to come in and like take over second quarters for them. Uh, Kyrie's been awesome. Really good. Hayward, we're still thinking April. Maybe. They've been super quiet. Yeah, I don't know really what that does. Right now, I feel less less sure that he'd be back than I did before. Would they be the fifth best team in the West? With Hayward or without? Right now. Um, yeah. Who I wins think. a seven-game series between this Celtics team and Minnesota with Butler back? Bo- uh, Boston. Really? Oh. I mean, so Butler coming back, uh, what level is he going to be at after surgery? I think that has to be factored in as well. If he's 100, that that'll be a really tight series. But uh, I, 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 I would never be confident that any guy would come back like over 85 percent that late in the season, including Hayward. I bet he moves better than Greg Monroe. Hey, for <laughs> all you guys that love discovering cool ass new products that you can't find everywhere, I need to tell you about BespokePost.com, a subscription club that offers monthly theme boxes curated from unique and upcoming brands around the world with a wide variety. Of box themes, including style, grooming, cooking, drinking, travel. They cover all the bases. No commitments. Once you're assigned your box on the first of each month, you have five days to keep it, switch it, or skip it. Visit BespokePost.com. Answer a few short questions that will help them gauge your interest. Get a feel for the boxes that will vibe with your style. What, what would you 
But how would you rank that? Style, grooming, cooking, drinking, travel. We'll be number one for you with a bespokepost.com box. Can you go through those one more time? Style, grooming, cooking, drinking, travel. Travel. Tate? Same. Travel. Tate's drinking. Yeah. Who's he kidding? <laughs> to receive 20% off your first subscription box. Tate was definitely drinking last night after that Miami game when he shot. What'd you do? Did you go hard liquor or you go beer? No, nothing. Hard liquor? One shot? Just sit in the dark. Just sit in the dark? <laughs> sit in the dark. <laughs> to receive 20% off your first subscription box, go to bespokepost.com and our promo code BS at checkout. Once again, bespokepost.com, B-E-S-P-O-K-E, uh, post.com. Theme boxes for guys that give a damn. Draft. I don't want to talk about lottery reform. Okay. I do want to talk about who's the top five in the draft right All now. Doncic? 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 You can choose one of two ways. Doncic or Doncic? Doncic? Doncic. But you need, it's, it, I had a conversation with someone about this, and it's like, you're just going to get the chitch right. Don, so Luka Doncic is the way everybody's going to be saying so, it. Luka Doncic. Everyone who's listened to this podcast, especially the people who have been with me way back when, since 07, know that I mangle names that are on the fringe. <laughs> I think I'm in more trouble with this one than maybe ever because it really seems like he might end up being one of the 30 best players of all time, potentially. Mm, and I can't good. say his name. And we have this guy and we have Pulisic, <laughs> the soccer player, who's the only good American soccer player. I can't say his name either. And I'm just upset. <laughs> just why Why make this so hard for me? I'm going to call him Luca. Luca's a good name. Can I call him Luca? Luca, yeah. All Luca's right. a great name. Have we so, ever had a Luca? No. Like a, like a good Luca? No. Just the Suzanne Vegas song that you don't remember because you're not old enough. Um his European stats for his age and more importantly, how many games they play overseas are ridiculous. It's a full NBA season. Yeah. People don't, I, you know, in college you're playing 30 games, maybe 31. Like if you're playing for UNC this year, 30 game regular season, then you lose in what the f- first weekend. So that's 32 <laughs> games total. That's something like that. Um, but my man, Luca, he's going to play like 80. Yeah. He's played 42 already. He's putting up what, 18, 7, and 7 or something? 16 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and 25 minutes per game, which is a lot of wow. minutes. Wow. So it's per 36 is like 28 and yeah. 8, basically. Per 40, according to, to Draft Express Blue, is 25 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, which is just ridiculous for an 18 year old kid playing in the second best basketball league in the world. I was listening to draft class with you and Jonathan Jerks, and um, you started talking about him. And you qualified it. You admitted you're about to say something completely ridiculous, and then you did. And I almost drove into a post. What did I say? You threw the Larry Bird well, name no, out Sharks, there. Sharks, oh, Sharks, one of you did. Yeah. I did. I blacked out. I didn't know yeah. who said it. I just. I woke up. I was wrapped around a telephone pole. Um, yeah, you threw the Larry Bird out. Mm. That Anytime like full- that happens, I, I have to go on YouTube and watch like three hours of the guy. I got to say, he was he, really good. He was a little Larry Birdish. Yeah, he's really good. I mean, he's an amazing passer. Yep. He beats everyone off the dribble. He plays like he's one of those guys that his feet aren't really on the ground ever when he's dribbling, playing. He just seems like he's always ready to do he's, something. He's, he, I love them. He, he's always alive. I, 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 yeah. I think uh, with Luca, with his passing ability, it's great. If you <clears throat> plug in Luca Doncic on YouTube and just passing, there's like five 10 minute highlight videos of him just passing the ball, right. whether it's for an assist or just great passes that were misses or, you know, hockey assists. The dude is friggin' awesome. There's passing. two kinds of players. There's guys who look for their shot first or guys that 
settle for their shot after they couldn't find the perfect pass. And those guys are rare. There's only been a few of them ever. And it seems like he might be one of those guys. Like he's driving to the basket and he's already thinking about how he's going to set somebody up. I don't know if you saw the Bird McHale thing on NBA TV, but Bird was talking about, McHale was asking him how he was such a good passer. And he was saying how, it's just, it, it seems so simple, but I've never heard anyone say this. He was like, I Bird said, I knew if I beat my guy and I got into the paint, at that point, I'd have any pass I want because mm-hmm. the big guy's instinct is to come over and try to block your shot. And they're always going to start moving. So after, as I was beating my guy, I was always, I was always trying to see where the big guy was because I knew once he started moving, I'd have this guy, this guy, or this guy. I was like, wow, that seems easy. I wish I had... I wish I was good at basketball Seems and I could have done easy. that. I don't, I, probably I think, probably I think, easier said than done. I think our man Luca's like that. He has that. He's like, I'm beating um, my guy. Oh, that guy's open. And I think with Luca, a lot of times people knock his athleticism, but I thought athleticism is more than jumping and dunking. Uh, Luca has a, has a great NBA body. He's strong for his age with the ability to get stronger uh, as he gets NBA training, like going, going to P3, get athletic training. That's it's the Jamal Murray theory. For sure. And I think. Explain um, the ju- what happened with Jamal Murray to the listeners. Well, Jamal Murray was a guy, for, you know, I think for me prior to the draft, I worried about his first step and his ability to create off the dribble. But we then, should mention you spend. Uh, Months and months working on an NBA draft guide that you're doing again for the Ringer this year. So you were you were really worried about his first step, and, and you're worried about his athleticism. Yeah, and I liked I liked Mario. I had right. him ranked like seventh. But those or eighth. were your two concerns. Yes, and those concerns look silly now. So with so, Luke, but explain why they look silly. Because you're getting NBA athletic training. You get your full time basketball training with the best best training in the world. And Luka Doncic, granted, he is this is his job right now. He's not a college kid. This is his job. Right. Um, it, it's on another level in the NBA when you're getting that level of athletic training. And right now, Jamal Murray now has a first step. I think Jonathan Gavoni uh, said on a podcast somewhere else or tweeted this: uh, Doncic spent like two weeks at P3 last summer. Yeah. And his athleticism this year already looks better than it has in the past. So give him that that again and again and again with all the training that they have in the NBA, all the resources. I I, I don't worry at all about his first step because his, his instincts and his feel are so good. Right. And his first step, by the way, is pretty good. It's not like he's slow, but I think his means. feet I think his feet tell me he's gonna be fine. He knows how to move. I yeah. think I think he's not gonna be a guy who dunks in the lane, but you mentioned with Larry Bird, he knows how to Turn the corner in that in the pick and roll and keep a guy in his back and survey the floor and always tend to make the right play, whether it's throwing up a floater, yeah. whether it's going to the lane and finishing with either hand, whether it's pulling up and shooting, kicking out a pass, or whatever else. I think Doncic at his age, his his instincts are just on another level. Um, and I'm a big instincts guy. So when you factor in that he's also a good athlete, not a poor one, like a lot of people knock him as. I think he could potentially be a stud. The question is, does his three-point shot get better than it is now? Right now, he's like a 33% three-point shooter, whether it's off the Can't dribble or off the catch. For sure. And, and I, he, he has already improved and shown flashes. He's going to be tremendous. Number so, one guy. Right now, gunpoint, gun to your head. Tate's holding a gun to your head because he's <laughs> furious that the that UNC got knocked out. Um, Aiton or Luka with the first pick? Luka Doncic, number one. I have him in his own tier. Right now, you have him in his own tier. Yeah. Tate, you hear that? Tate likes Aiton. Uh, yeah, I'm you like it. you like franchise centers. I'm taking Aiton, old school. I bring, think bring it, back the big man. Aiton has the best chance, I think, of entering that level for me, though. Who does Aiton remind you of? Young Ewing, 
I don't know. That jump shot is perfect. I think Ewing's a good comp. Yeah, Ewing's a good I comp, but he's a better shooter. Ewing without like the giant ice packs on his knees because yeah. John Thompson yeah. ran him into the he ground for four years. Still. He's fun yeah. to watch. Aiton, Aiton just looks like he was just he's built for basketball. Yeah. He's a machine. I will say Aiton passes my test because I always look at centers. I haven't seen him in person yet. Mm-hmm. But there's two types of centers. The guys who look like they are centers just because they were super tall and they figured it out. Mm-hmm. Or the guys who are like, that guy's an awesome athlete. He just happens to be that height. It's like and he Davis, seems like he that. He grew up to seven feet yeah. tall. He was already fine. He already had handles. He had to right. dribble and shoot the basketball. Aiton can pass, too. KG yeah, really was like that. Passer. KG was always like, he's seven feet, but that's not really what makes him great. It was his feet and his athleticism. Sure. And um, what, about Aiton, what about Aiton's motor? He's playing fine. college basketball right now. We <laughs> he'll be fine. <laughs> only I'm, for, not, I'm not worried about that. Only for a hundred thousand. Yeah, I know. Oh! Yeah. But now we know, we think that story might be bogus, right? Yes. The, the timeline, timeline does that up. You covered that on one shine podcast we yesterday. Did. We talked about it. Uh, Timeline's bogus. Yeah. ESPN reported 2017 originally. Then they said it was 2016. They're sticking with the timeline being 2016, but they only had wiretaps in 2017. Uh, I thought ESPN only <laughs> fucked up stories about the Patriots. Oh, oh! oh! come on, KFC, give me a. <laughs> Um, so got got it. Uh, never mind. I'm gonna just avoid talking about the Patriots. Yeah. Luca won eight and two. Yeah, who's three? Uh, then so and then then it, it drops. Honestly, for me, I mean, it, it, it's not a cop out, but I have I have Doncic in his own tier, Aiton kind of in his own tier right now. Then tier three, I have Bamba, Jaron Jackson, Marvin Bagley, Michael Porter. So I have those guys kind of lumped together. Michael and, Porter, and, and, and I would take him. Probably in that order right now. Bamba, Jackson, Bagley, Porter. Probably it's in bad that times order. for my man Trey Young. So I talked to some guys, um, NBA front office guys over the weekend, and it, it surprised me how low some NBA people are. Someone someone said to me, Trey Young is the type of guy you are panicking that your owner is gonna be like, We're taking him. Number one. He's the guy, the next Steph Curry. It's like the Buddy Healed syndrome. Yes. Yeah. And you know that you if you the owner has you take him, you're probably losing your job in a couple of years. We know who's taking him. It's the Cavs. Seventh pick. Le- LeBron LeBron's that gonna get Trey Young. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it's it's gonna think, be Napier all think over Clutch again. Clutch already has Trey Young, so Trey Young is the leader of the Cavs. Have you soured on Trey Young? I will give both of you two hundred dollars if Trey Young doesn't sign with Clutch. <laughs> okay, I'll give you two hundred dollars in cash. Two hundred dollars in cash. Okay, cash. Cash. I'm gonna drop the tags out. I'm not. I'm not saying anything. I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying I'll give you each two hundred dollars. Okay. That's our bet. You don't have to give me okay. anything if it doesn't go. Right. Um, Trey Young for two weeks was the best guard I've ever seen in my life in college basketball, mm. and. I don't know whether all the attention wore him down or the way the defense has shifted on him or he just got in his own head or whatever, but he doesn't look like the same guy, and I'm concerned. He needs a sports psychologist, I think, just to talk to him, settle him down. He got way too much buzz. And then he we, met- we took the blame for it. We said it. We, we we put him on front street for everyone. We've got to stop ruining our our franchise guards. America it, is was it is it the defense or is it just the fact that he's taking these insane? He was that West Virginia game shots. was insane he's when they were throwing everything at him. Yeah, and yeah. then Javon Carter is also the best defensive guard in the country. Yes. That, he was never the same <laughs> yeah. after that game. Yeah, shook him. Where, where would you take him? <clears throat> Where would you feel good? Like I high, need to- high first, uh, or rather oh, high he, lottery. If he's not top ten, that's ridiculous. Okay. He's going seventh to the Cavs. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Porter feels to me like the most Sacramento pick possible. I feel like he's been a little bit overrated. 
uh, because just because we haven't Hence seen my him, comment. I, I mean, we we haven't we haven't seen him, so people don't think he has weaknesses. But it's like here, he's a guy who still needs to improve his ball handling a lot and prove that he can score against a set defense. The potential is obviously there, but they're going to team him with Harry Giles. <laughs> One shiny podcast. Guy, Sorry, guy, 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 guy with major knee problems, and then a guy who just had back surgery. They can hang out together. I like Porter to the Mavs. I can mm. see the Mavs loving Michael Porter. What do you think about Porter Tate? Do you, do you like him? I don't know. I, I don't know anything about him. him. I haven't seen him. I've watched him play in all the high school games, but I've been confused by those before too. So and, and, yeah, it, it can be hard. I mean, and he's definitely sitting out. Like he can play right now, and he just doesn't want to ruin his value. What if? What if? What if he can't hurt his value anymore? Like aside from getting hurt again, but. Like right now, I think a lot of NBA people probably have him like seventh or eighth. And if you're Michael Porter, you're thinking I'm the number one guy in this draft. And you, so maybe you do need to play to help your value. Or maybe you went to college and saw all those other guys and were like, "Wait a second, maybe." (laughs) (laughs) That's possible. It's like I'll take the eighth pick. You know that that thing that leaked with all the payments. Uh The what was that? Andy Miller, the agent. Yep. With everybody was getting. I would be so mad if I got less than some of the other guys on the sheet that I was better at. <laughs> yeah. I kept thinking about that. Like if you if you got like thirty two grand, and then you saw some dude that you were just dusting in AAU got like fifty six grand. Well, if, like, you're, oh. if you're Isaiah Whitehead and you saw Dennis Smith Jr. who like didn't even make the tournament or anything, is getting paid seventy three thousand. Right. You gotta be a little frustrated by that. You're like, what? I got thirty thousand. I love the whole the, this whole world where you get loans from agents, but you don't necessarily have to sign with them. They have to chase you down. What is happening? We got to fix college basketball. Uh, last thing. Oh, yeah. Last thing on my list, and then we're going to go. The West. We have 10 teams for eight playoff spots. Okay. Hold on. Here are the, uh, here are the 10 teams. Well, Golden State and Houston, obviously. Minnesota's at 38 wins, and Utah's at 31 wins. So there's a seven-win difference between the three-seed and the 10-seed. But if you go by losses, Minnesota's at 26 losses. Utah's at 30 losses, four-loss difference. Um, The Spurs are 36-25, and and they only have a a two-and-a-half-game lead over Denver. Unreal. Right now, it's Minnesota, San Antonio, Portland 5, New Orleans six, Oklahoma City seven, Clippers eight. Clippers have the same number of losses as OKC. Denver nine, Utah ten. Who's out? Feels like Utah. That's just too much ground for them to cover in that conference, even though they've been playing well. On the Ringer last Friday or the Friday before, we did, we kind of did this. Like, what are the teams that miss out? And I had New Orleans and the Clippers. And this might be. A little I think bit- the Clippers make it. The only question is, which one of Doc Rivers' media cronies are going to write that Doc Rivers should be the coach of the year piece? Because that's coming in the next two weeks. When that happens, tweet that at me so I don't miss it. Who can make that case? Somebody will make it. He's got a lot of cronies. You know who's the coach of the year? Doc Rivers. That's who. (laughs) Look out for that one. That's coming. Or Jeff Van Gundy will say it on the uh, ABC broadcast. That's another one. I'll tell you who the coach of the year is. Hold on. I'm not going to complain about officials for three minutes. This is this is really hard. There's kind of a roadmap for OKC not to make it. Thirty five and twenty seven. I mean, I I tend to select the teams that that have the best players on it, so I, I have a hard time picking against OKC with George, one of the league's best two way players, and then obviously Russ. He's been on fire for two like, months. He's unbelievable. So much of this is going to have to do with luck. 
I think. Like if, if you, face, you see, face a team on the wrong night and they beat you. Do you see OKC's schedule? It's tough. It's really tough. This this is something me and Chris Vernon talked about on the, lo- the last podcast. On the last podcast? Oh, the last podcast? Yeah. Did you really lose a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It's KOC's fault. Yes. He didn't care enough about it. I'm sorry, Kevin. For next oh, three, at Dallas, at Phoenix, at Portland. That feels like two and one, mm-hmm. right? Home for Houston, Phoenix, San Antonio, Sacramento. Three and one? Possible. At Atlanta, four and one. Home for the Clippers, but then at Toronto, at Boston, home for Miami, home for Portland, at San Antonio, home for Denver, at New Orleans, home for Golden State, at Houston, at Miami, and then home for Memphis, who will probably be playing Chris Vernon in that game in their last attempt to get the number one pick. <laughs> but uh, How many points does Vernon score? Two, over or under two and a half? I, he probably gets a flagrant <laughs> foul within like a minute. But that there's a roadmap there for like nine more losses. Mm-hmm. Which would get them to about forty-seven and thirty-five, which is, in my opinion, might not make it. It's tough. It might be a forty-eight win. Remember the year the uh, the We Believe Warriors? The year after they didn't make it, they had forty-eight wins. So I don't know. Um, so be, you're picking gonna, who? Going to be tough for Minnesota too. Like let's look at their upcoming schedule as well. With Minnesota, you oh, with have no a run coming up at Portland, at Utah, versus Boston, versus Golden State, at Washington, at San Antonio, versus Houston, versus Clippers. Oof. That is tough. That's a gauntlet. With them, you're going to need Towns to just continue elevating his game. He's going to have to channel Anthony Davis. I mean, I, I have a hard time picking against Minnesota with the cushion that they have, but what kind of cushion is it really? Three and a half games over Denver. Are we sure the Spurs are going to make the playoffs? I'm not sure. I'm not. I mean, look, this is, like I said, so much of this is going to have to do with luck. Facing, facing a bad team that has a hot night. I watch the Spurs and have no idea how they're eleven games over five hundred. I think I I don't think I'd put. Denver it's very in. Belichick Patriots ish, where you're just looking around, going, "Wait, is that Kyle Van Noy's our best defensive player? What's going on here?" Uh, all right, so we would say, "Got to keep the Spurs in. Got to keep Minnesota in with the cushion. They have Towns. I think you keep Portland in with the firepower." Tate, who does Adam Silver call the referees to say, "Let's make sure these guys get in." OKC definitely. OKC definitely. Westbrook gets every call the last two months. I think the Nuggets are falling out. I think Nuggets out too. They think they get rid of the Nuggets in Utah? Clippers Jazz. Either you get Quinn Snyder in there to be like, this could be the Lakers' future head coach, or you get the Clippers in there to go against the Warriors. I'm so mad that I have to pay for Clippers playoff tickets, and it's going to be like two home games, but it's going to be a check for 16, (laughs) and then we we get refunded after four months. (laughs) The greatest scam in professional sports. Is that how they do it? Yeah. Really? Send all your money now and renew for next year because you won't get playoff tickets otherwise. It's like, yeah, you you guys are going to get swept. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's how they the do charge, it, KSC. Is that, is that league-wide? Every team Oh yeah, that. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. They have many scams. Hmm. But once it, when you have a really bad team, you can't do it. Um, most fun first round playoff matchup, and then we'll go for the West. Who are the teams you're knocking out? I, I, I'm just assuming Denver and Utah are the ones that don't make it. Yeah. But Millsap's coming back for Denver, which I, is a wild card. I liked yeah. his hair, by the way. Good job, Paul Millsap. Uh, Clippers-Houston, I think would be really fun that they're actually playing tonight. A fun sweep. Golden State-Oklahoma City is the 2-7 mm, right now. I'd love to see that. Minnesota-New Orleans is our 3-6, and San Antonio-Portland is our 4-5. It's pretty damn good. 
San Antonio is the only team I'm just not excited about. Sorry, Shea Serrano. Like the it's no Kawhi Spurs it, are not a, not it, a, the most riveting. You can't get excited about them without Kawhi. Yeah. But if he comes back and he's 80%, 90%. Here's another thing with fun. the Spurs. They're fun. They could make some noise. I miss Popovich being a dick. Or you don't like nice guy? I don't like nice guy Greg Popovich. <laughs> I don't like him like praising LeBron with like the secret kind of stealth, trying to get him on the Spurs next year. <laughs> Compliment. I don't like how he's friendlier to the Southern reporters. I don't like how... I don't like... Uh, I just want him to be an asshole again. I think they miss his <laughs> assholeness. Maybe, maybe LeBron would add the Spurs to his list if Pop turns into an asshole again. Because right now, I don't think they are on the list. I did file that away. Spurs. No, that LeBron. Popovich basically tampering. Oh, yeah. Basically yeah, yeah. tampered. Yeah. LeBron's the superhero these kids need. He's the real life Black Panther. For, for my article, I wrote a little. He's LeBron. an amazing guy. It was a soliloquy yeah, about how great yeah. LeBron is. Like, like, like nobody, nobody wanted to say anything on the record about LeBron for the thing I wrote a couple weeks or last week or whatever it was. Yeah, and like then you got Pop out there saying all these beautiful things about him, which are true. You know, I mean, he's trying to probably, probably trying to make him feel good, trying to, trying to give themselves a chance this summer. Thanks to ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com/slash/bs. Thanks to Proper Cloth, the leader in men's custom shirts. Need new clothes for all of your holiday festivities? At propercloth.com, ordering custom shirts has never been easier. Create your custom shirt size by answering 10 easy questions. Shirts start at $80 and are delivered in just two weeks. For premium quality, perfect fitting shirts, visit propercloth.com. Use gift code BS to get $20 off your first custom shirt. Today, you can hear Kevin O'Connor on the Draft Class show on Fridays. The Ringer NBA, that's a good show. It's been fun. I really like it. Good. My family doesn't like it as much. Getting better each week. My daughter said, get that off on Saturday as we drove to <laughs> soccer. Get that off. Those guys are talking about basketball players. I don't know. Um, I really like it. I don't care what she thinks. Thanks, Phil. She doesn't like basketball. We're getting better um, each week. Tate Frazier, One Shining Podcast. The Eagles landing today. Yes. The original bag man himself, Mark yes. Titus. He's dropping bags on the Pepperdine campus this the weekend. Bagman from Ohio is here tonight. Is he dropping bags at Pepperdine? You guys he's, driving to Malibu? There's no telling what he's doing. He has no car this time, so he has no freedom. So that's going to be great to watch. A no-car Titus just wandering around wandering our around the streets of Hollywood. <laughs> Should and be interesting. And we're amping it up. One shining pod. Yes. Whole bunch of stuff coming. It's It starts as soon as he lands. Big Ten tournament this week. Big Ten tournament this week. It starts today. Get ready for the rock fights. Get ready. New York. 53 to 51 with the two minutes left. Ten, New York City. <laughs> Big Ten tournament. Uh, thanks, KFC. Thanks, thanks Tate. Though. We will see you uh, on Friday. <laughs>